I just want to get straight into it. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. We just thank you um, for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your healing power. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. And Lord, we just choose to say yes and amen and align to all kingdom and heavenly realities. We just thank you for blessing and quickening your word in, word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay. So what I want you to do is you're gonna say this after me. This is my rudder. And then you're gonna stick your tongue out at me. This is my rudder. You'd be shocked because we don't quite understand the power of it. But what I wanna do is I wanna start with uh, James chapter three, verses one to four. And um, it says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers. Pause and meditate. <laughs> Knowing that teachers will receive. Who, who feels called to teach the Word of God? Right now, who, who feels that calling? <laughs> Knowing that you will receive a stricter. Who, okay, okay, let's just, I'm gonna reframe that. Who wants to have a stricter judgment? <laughs> okay. I know this, this, my wife reads this and she's like, wow, you know, and uh, it is, it's, it's pretty, pretty massive. So uh, let me read it again. My brethren, let many of you become teachers knowing uh, that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Yep. For we all stumble in many things. Pause and meditate. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to also bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Desires, okay. So this is one of those things that's so easy to overlook is that there's, there's something in about the kingdom of heaven or, or, or heaven's wisdom or heaven's economy, it says don't despise the day of small things or small beginnings. Here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. And then you've got the whole kingdom of God is, uh, uh, starts with a seed in the soil. The whole, the whole kingdom. We receive, generally speaking, there are exceptions. But whenever you receive truth, you receive it in seed form. And then you have to cultivate it. You don't just receive information so, so, and you just instantly, it happens. Generally speaking, there are always exceptions. But when you receive the Word of the Lord, you receive it in seed form and you have to cultivate it. And it's the same thing is that you, you, it's so easy to get overwhelmed with detail. Now, I know uh, my wife and I have talked a lot the last 48 hours. <coughs> There's a lot of detail in our life at the moment. A concentration of information and it's easy for that to, uh, you start to have a look at, uh, you interpret through your feelings, your, your past experiences, your biases, uh, you know, however you're wired. And then you start to ascribe value to different pressure, crises, challenges, etc. But it's very easy to forget that our life more or less, according to this, will be steered and guided by our tongue. It's so easy to overlook that this is what the Word of the Lord says. It's, you, it's what you say. Because you can bless, you can curse, you can be entangled in your own words. And, and so this is what steers our life. If we don't understand that, it says we will lack wisdom. And when you realise, you go, oh my gosh, most of my problems come from a couple of centimetres under my nose. And the answer's from the same place. You know, God is spirit and He spoke the universe into being. It's a speaking spirit. You're made in His image. That's the major way God moves. He speaks. And so it says, I, I, I remember um, at times I've hung out with David Hogan and then something will happen that he's not happy with and then he makes sure when he feels something coming out of his mouth that shouldn't, isn't right, he goes. He holds his tongue. <laughs> and he'd do that all the time. And something would happen, he'd go. 
You know how he sort of he talks like this? And it's terrible when you're on the sound desk because he has the microphone down here and it's always feeding back because you've got to put the gains up so much. So I remember the first time I discovered the power of the tongue in, on an experiential level. I remember I was in my early 20s and my life wasn't going very well. And I remember that I was doing, I was doing sales. I was, uh, 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 and, it was, and it, was, it was mostly commission. So if you didn't sell, you didn't eat. And I had a lot of not eating. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> you know, getting trained up as a salesperson. And I remember, you know, do this, do this, do that. I remember just flat. You, you, put up your hand if you've ever been in sales. Okay, well, let's just say this. You've actually got to be really good at handling rejection. You know, I remember, I remember the first place <laughs> I went into, they say, go in, go in and just be confident and then straight away uh, uh, greet the person and go out and shake their hand. And I well, did that, you know, got my confidence up. And then, well, you know, and knowing you're absolutely nervous as, and put my hand out and the person goes <laughs> like this. And that was my first encounter of sales. It was awesome. And so I wasn't selling a lot. And I was, I was telling you, I went through a, a series, series, I went for a period in my life where um, I lived a, 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 probably three square meals a day because it was mostly bread and wheat bix okay? <laughs> Those are my square meals. I, I literally wasn't making any money. I had um, hardly any cash flow and I had massive debt. That's a recipe for unhappiness, okay? And I remember that I drove uh, an older car, it was an older BMW, but... I didn't have the money to get the air conditioning regassed. So there's nothing more awesome than being a salesman in the height of summer driving around in an unair conditioned car. And so what would happen is you'd always have to wear shirts that wouldn't show the pit stain, armpit stains as you go in and you'd have to almost have to wear a headband, you know, otherwise it just like it was just it was it was it was potentially demoralizing. And I'm thinking, gosh, I, I, you know, we were selling websites and different things. And it was so, it was actually, uh, back then it was just so new to people. Anyway, I remember uh, one of my mates who was a salesman and we were just going, our life is pretty crap at the moment. And we're just like, uh, we're talking about it. And then we go like this, we go, you know what? What we're going to do today is we're going to say the opposite of how we feel. <laughs> and we felt bad. And we just decided, we're just sitting there and I, I can't remember whether we're having coffee or it was in the morning. And I, think, I actually think I was, uh, this is my, uh, I was sharing a house with the, uh, a couple of other guys. I think it was around the same time. Anyway, this guy was called Scott. And uh, we're sitting down and we're going, how are you going? He goes, I'm really excited about today. He goes, so I'm, I'm really excited too. I feel, and then I go, I feel really optimistic. I think a lot's gonna happen. And, and then we, we sat there and we were so positive, we made ourselves laugh. Like, like it was the opposite of how we felt. And we just, I, you know, uh, uh, um, and I think that we're just gonna get great numbers and this, 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 and this. And we did this for about 10, 15 minutes. Now what happened is that I just noticed driving in the really hot car, as I actually started, my feelings started to change. I'm going, gosh, this is, wow, you know, this has got nothing on Dale Carnegie and Norman Vincent Peale. <laughs> and the power of positive thinking and, and, and how to win friends and influence people. But it's just like, I just, what happened was that that just started to frame my day and things started to turn around. This was in my early 20s. And I'm going, we, now, to be honest, we did it as a joke. We weren't, so we, we, we weren't going, you know, we really need, we weren't, you know, we need breakthrough. We were talking about how rubbish our situation was. And why don't we just say the opposite just for something different? I realise the power of the tongue. I really, it was such a felt thing. And if you, were to, if you think that a high percentage of what goes wrong with the human body is psychosomatic, and it is, it is, it is a lot largely controlled by your neurotransmitters, your endocrine system, your hormones, uh, different glands, etc. Is that what you say really has an impact on how you feel and how you feel. If you feel consistently rubbish for years, it will show up in your body. So 
the tongue is something that actually steers, uh, steers our world. I remember um, a, a preacher that really impacted me and uh, he's gone to be with the Lord. His name was Terry Law. Does anyone remember Terry Law? Oh, okay. All right, number of people, okay. So Terry Law, God used him powerfully in the iron, behind the Iron Curtain. This is when, I was gonna say, it's, it hasn't changed. I was saying that back then going to Russia was scary, but it is again now, okay. It's become scary again for different reasons. Um, uh, for those who don't know, it looks like there's, there, there, it, it is Russia and China have looked like they've cut a deal where they're gonna become their own trading block with their own currency. That's very, very significant. Okay, so between uh, uh, mindless rubbish like the crows and the port power, that real things are happening, okay? <laughs> real things are happening that's going to shape uh, the future. Uh, even uh, uh, ex, well, President number 45, he said, we've got nothing to fear from Russia or China, but, but it will be interesting if they get together. Um, against the US. And so, so interesting developments, but so Terry Law went behind the Iron Curtain and he was preaching the Gospel and doing Gospel uh, 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 concerts in there when it was a little bit sort of underground. The KGB, um, they were in his meeting. <laughs> you know, we've got something in common now, haven't we? Got, uh, uh, and they actually, they actually uh, uh, um, said, come with us now. At the end, they, they took him into a room and they started to uh, uh, interrogate him the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he supernaturally started quoting something he'd never read. It was called the Russian Constitution. And it was, a lot, and he started supernaturally quoting the, the, about freedom of the, 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 the provisions of freedom of religion within a context. And they were a bit like taken back and he got released and they kept, and, and, and like, like he was in South Africa, Jesus walked through the wall and says, you're gonna take the, the uh, the Gospel in the Iron Curtain, when the Iron Curtain was still the Iron Curtain and it was down for decades. Just recently, it's obviously changed. I think when we went to Vladivostok, it was just starting to turn. So that's, gosh, that's about six, seven years ago now. So now, what happened was, is that I wanna juxtapose the power of the tongue, but on two different levels. So firstly, is that, Terry Law, uh, he was in, in America and his, no, I think it was, he was overseas and then he gets news that his wife in America has just died in a car accident. So he's serving the Lord. He's got children, devastated, okay? And so for every, uh, uh, whenever someone, you lose a loved one, there's always different circumstances. There's pros and cons to people who've got like a, a died of an illness because you know, you don't want suffering obviously, but then you've got unexpected uh, events that take place and he's an absolute shock. And then he, he gets in the plane, goes back to America and he's having to organise his wife's funeral. And he's just going, why, why did you let this happen, God? I mean, I'm serving you, like, why has this happened? And he was, he, he actually, a dark cloud started to form over him. And what you have is the, the funeral. I mean, like I said, you know, uh, um, uh, he, he struggling like crazy. And at the end of the funeral, his spiritual mentor, Oral Roberts, comes up to him and says, Terry, you need to praise God. You need to praise God. Now, I, I, I love robust reality. Do you know how offensive that is to so many people in this day and age? You will get, oh, I'm going through a hard time. Well, you will stay in it now. He goes, he's, he's, he's just buried his wife and Oral Rob says, Terry, you need to praise God. And so he, he actually goes back to his house or wherever he was staying. And he, was, he, he could feel accusation towards the Lord, even bitterness start to set in. And he started to, he started to, Praise the Lord. He started to thank God. He felt nothing. And whenever you do something, usually by faith, initially, you have zero feelings. In fact, your feelings will fight you. And he starts saying how he, he, he starts thanking the Lord and praising the Lord. Probably an hour, two hours, nothing. I think it went into three or four hours. 
And then all of a sudden the darkness broke. The heavens opened. He encountered the, Lord, the love of God, the healing power of the Lord. And he was able to engage. He knew that, that, that he was able to engage the next part of his life. And God started to open doors supernaturally for him. But he learned to use that rudder to steer him through that. Now, what I've just said to a lot of people is, is potentially offensive. I'm going through a hard time. And when you don't praise God, then what happens is spiritual forces combined with your psychological condition and your inner world will determine the pathway or your tongue can, or your tongue can. And so he started to praise the Lord and then God started to do things supernaturally. Now, uh, um, so he was now a widower. So put that on pause. Over here, there's this woman and her husband, this is the power of the tongue, this is the rudder that steers the whole ship. This, uh, uh, um, I have heard her speak, I can't remember her name now, quite a while ago. But her husband always joked, and she was married with kids, always joked, oh, I won't live past 40. I'm not gonna see past 40. Oh, I won't live past 40. He's joked off and on for years. Sure enough, in his 40th year, drops dead of a heart attack. So now she's, this woman is widowed with a couple of dependents or a few dependents. And now she, trust me when I say, compared to America, I actually, we're not, Australia is a welfare state. It's a welfare state, okay? <laughs> and in America, it's not the same. They don't have the same uh, uh, welfare there. So she, this woman found herself in a situation where her husband had pretty much, his tongue had decided his, his destiny, okay? And so with the opposite, I remember, um, uh, is Hessel here tonight? No? So Hessel was diagnosed with, with terminal leukaemia and apart from changing some dietary stuff in his life, what happened was, is that he chose to see himself going into the clinic. He didn't have chemo, anything like that. Right, go into the clinic with a clear, clear report and he just kept saying, I believe I'm healed. And here he is like 15 plus years later. And he keeps confessing and he's dodged a few bullets. There's something happened, had an issue with his uh, uh, brain uh, when he was in, I think in Holland, I think we were praying for him like crazy. Um, and it's actually, few, few, he dodged a few bullets, but he just, he, he just says, I believe I'm gonna live a ripe old age. The, absolute, the, the power of the tongue. <coughs> so this woman, she was in grief, she was confused, her husband had passed away. And now what had happened is that she, she, was in, she was in poverty because I don't think they're in the best financial position. They're middle class, but if you've got a mortgage, but then you don't have any cash flow and not heaps of savings, then the things start to compound quickly. So she, what, what she would do is that she would put up post-it notes in front of her mirror when she was getting ready in the morning, putting on her makeup, etc., And she'd start to say, my God shall, you know, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory, uh, according to Christ Jesus. And you know, speak to the mountain, it'll be uprooted and cast into the sea. And, and whatever things you pray for, you must believe you've received it and you'll have it. All these different things. And it got worse and worse and worse to the point where she could barely feed her kids and she was in debt. And what happened is that she kept thanking God. She kept, that rudder was, I am blessed. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I will bless the Lord times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Then one day she's driving the car, she's on a bridge somewhere and I uh, can't remember where she was exactly. But she was like, as she's confessing the Word, she could, it was like the devil was in the seat behind her saying, this doesn't work. You're never gonna get it. Doesn't work, it's not real, you're kidding yourself. And she had enough. Because she was in grief, she was in poverty, she was in fear, like with everything. And then she pulled the car over the side of the road and then she started to dance before the Lord that God had already blessed her. And the power of God broke the darkness over her. Then all of a sudden people started coming to her house supernaturally and dropping off whole boxes of food for the children. We're talking, we're talking, people would visit butchers, there'd be all sorts of 
you know, all sorts of groceries and all sorts of things come be delivered there. And then one day, like she, she, that tongue got that, that steered that ship in that place of faith and provision. One day, she's at McDonald's. Okay, now I don't even know if McDonald's is real food anymore. Okay, I don't know. I mean, we, 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 sometimes we get the Holy Ghost munchies, and after the meeting, we 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 go somewhere to eat, and and uh, after the meeting on a Tuesday night. And then I think the last time I physically ate at McDonald's would have been nine months ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nine months ago. And I'm like, we're pulling over on the one uh, uh, up on McGill Road here. As we're getting out, the Marquises drive past. And they go, what are you doing eating here? I was so shamed. I've never eaten there since. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, you, You don't have to watch too many docos to know it's not real food. Anyway. So she's at McDonald's and she's with her kids and the Spirit of the Lord just spoke through the kids and they say to Mum, Mum, we're gonna meet a new da- our new dad today. And she's like, and all of a sudden in the McDonald's comes this Terry Law who'd lost his wife and, then, and, and, and basically had, was, was, was the enemy tried to shut him down with grief and bitterness, and he praised the Lord for breakthrough. And both of these two people, they came to a place where they let that, that tongue, that rudder, praise the Lord. If, you if you're in a difficult situation and you don't praise God, you've got what you got. Probably get worse. No, 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 it's guarantee. If you don't, if you don't praise the Lord or speak the answer, nothing, you're guaranteed to not change. <laughs> I mean, like... You got nothing to lose. You, you, you want, if you want guaranteed rubbish, just complain. And so, so I've seen this again and again. That little that little rudder steers the whole ship. And so, we do every time we minister to someone. As you know, we do lots of ministry to people, and and we call them. You know, it could be courts of heaven sessions. It could be. Counseling could be all sorts of different things to deliverance, whatever is this. We're very, very clear with people. A lot of people, they think we're gonna wave our hand and then people get fixed. But there's always a partnership because even if someone has a radical encounter with the Lord and they go through a deliverance, but they leave that session and they don't change how they speak, nothing takes. Nothing takes. It's the hardest thing you'll do is changing how you speak. And so I'm always really curious about why America seems to be ahead of UK and Australia in the realm of faith. I'm not saying they are in the prophetic, but what happens is Australians tend to not say many things. And everything we say, we hose down, down to a low frequency. I remember I had to snap myself out of this. I remember, how you going, Todd? Yeah, all right. That was all right. You know, not, not bad, not, not, not too bad. That's it. Who's, who, who's been in through the not too bad season? Who's done the not bad season? Come on, how you going? Not bad. You know. <laughs> how much was that? It wasn't cheap. When are we leaving? Not long now. How long's the dread? Not far. You know, like, 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 like we, just, we just hose everything down. There's no power. In fact, we, we talk everything down into the floor, earthbound darkness. And the Lord in this season, combined with what we've been doing with praise, said you have to change your words. You have to change your words. And it takes time. It ta- you have to be committed to do it because words change things. And so you can have great ministry, but if you don't change your words, because your words give the enemy legal right or give the angelic legal right. How powerful are words? One minute you're going to hell, next minute you believe in Jesus and confess and you're transferred into glory. That's how powerful words are. If we, 
We would be shocked rather than just saying the spirit world or, or the ether and it's just got all this space and a couple of demons and angels. We would be shocked how much words shape whole dimensions when people speak. And the more power they have in their faith, the more their words create worlds. And so it, it's, 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 it's hectic. So that little rudder steers the whole ship. Um, so, so in a church context, how powerful are words? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So let's put it this way. I've seen churches split just through words. Just through words, I've seen them split. I've seen lives ruined. Uh, loose lips sink ships. And, and just when someone has held someone in confidence and they break that, the damage it does. <laughs> and so when it comes to overseeing a church as an eldership, and I've been doing this for a while now, so you've got to go, there's a, there's a few things. I don't make it up. It's, you, you've always got to go to Scripture. There's strong governance around words. This is a really nuanced subject actually. There's, there, there's a lot of, it's a nuanced subject about governance. So here we have, we have the reality of freedom of speech. We have freedom of speech. Well, relatively speaking these days, relatively speaking. Now let's just be, again, I've said it ad nauseum, Combined with technology and a lot of other dark stuff, there is a spirit of communism raging through the Western world. And part of that is shutting down the free speech. So what about free speech within church? I find that really, really interesting because that's a nuanced thing. Now what you have is that, so for example, in marriage, I'm gonna draw a parallel here. So when, I was single, I, and I said to you guys, I was happy single and I'm even happier married. I was, I've never been unhappy in either state. I wasn't sort of like, I'm single, I need to be married. I was, I've never been that way, ever, okay? If, you're anxi- if you've got anxiety about it, that anxiety will keep you in that state. So I remember, um, yes, I, I remember just going like, like, you know, apart from work and my commitments, I go, what do I feel like doing tonight? Where do I feel like going? What do I feel like spending my money on? Where do I feel like eating? Who do I feel like seeing? Try that when you get married. I enjoyed the freedom of being single. I really did. But then what happens for me to go into union with another person, then I now have to consider the relationship as a whole. And now what happens, it's not just what I want and that freedom, it's actually, it costs me something to be in that union. And let me say the benefits far outweigh any sacrifices, but make no mistake, there are sacrifices. When you get married, you just can't just get up and walk out and and where are you going? I don't know, get back to you in a few days. It's just not on. It's just not on. You know, and then you go, why was my spouse so upset? <coughs> so what you have, it's the same with being in an ecclesia or a community of faith. Is there are benefits, but there's also sacrifices. Can you imagine giving your opinion unsolicited to all and sundry about, hey, I didn't like the worship. I don't know, you know, like this. You have every right to say that but what happens? It actually says, the Bible says a lot of things about words within the context of the ecclesia. And it says, so for example, because I know, and I think I shared this the other day, chatting to Dan Devon, he's asking me about money. And I said something, and then when I said it, and I was quite shocked, I was a bit disgusted to be honest. It was about finance and it, and it carried a bit of poverty, but a lot of pride. And I'm like, oh, that's a wrong, the Lord, what the Lord showed me. It's like he held up a mirror and I went, ah, like this. And, and he showed the spirit of pride. And the Lord said, if you don't deal with that, that spirit of pride will stop you coming into way more. And so when people have a wrong spirit, a spirit of offence, selfish ambition, uh, uncleanness or whatever, just saying or giving your opinion actually isn't what it, people think it is. 
So I know like for, for a fact that it says here, there's, there's six things in Proverbs, it says six things, no, seven things God hates. And one of them is those who sow division amongst believers. It's division. You know, you can just say something that's just such a delicate thing. And in and of itself, it's not wrong, but in the context, it will create division. Now we've all got the Spirit of God inside of us who has the quickest editing machine. When you go to say something, and God in you, the hope of glory goes, nah, you go. I do that when I'm on social media. <laughs> comment, comment, troll, troll. Anyway, it's either that or my wife. So um, going to, to, to say something, so, so you, you start to see, and, and within that, you've got the power of words can destroy churches. I've seen it. And I was really, really like, when I started out uh, the, the church, because uh, uh, 15, 16 years ago, I think it is now, see how great I am with dates and birthdays. Um, but, but I remember, as I'm like, we're the priesthood of all believers and yeah, kumbaya, whatever. And then I found that people destroy other people. Believers destroy other believers with their words. It shocked me, it shocked me. And then I then had to, the Lord says, well, are you not overseeing what's taking place? Now you have to govern. And God had to, God had to actually train me on the job of what it is to govern respectfully in the fear of the Lord in these issues. See, it says in the, in the, you've got some, uh, uh, in the, the, uh, um, the Jerusalem Council, because they were, they were really struggling with the old covenant and that bleeding into the new covenant and making the new covenant and the work of the cross ineffectual. So in Acts chapter 15, they were talking about, we don't wanna put too many things on people, right? And so they talked about things offered to idols and all that sort of stuff. And I don't think, I think that's probably happening a lot more than we understand these days. And, and then they talk about immorality. So sexual, uh, uh, sexual conduct outside of marriage. Oh, but we love each other. That's not what it says. Because what happens, it carries leaven. It carries leaven. You have to govern with that. Now, if you make poor choices in your life, and the Lord shows us, we will lovingly advise you, but we, won't, we don't own anyone because we don't want you to hurt yourself and hopefully don't hurt others, right? But what you have is some things carry leaven that actually spreads and immorality is one of them. The next thing is words, divisive words, slanderous words, gossiping words. I've had to, I've had to have words with people about their words. And then... Uh, what happens, there's protocols. So it actually says, if you've got something against someone, you actually have to go to them one one on one first. This is really, really good. I'm actually training my leadership team to keep short accounts with people. I don't mean to be a pain in the rump and just be on everything all the time. (gasps) You know, no one can can relax and just say something out of turn or whatever. But when something something is is carrying a wrong spirit or... It's just really, really important because what happens is the Lord wants us to ascend and and connect with Him first and then there's oneness. And then in that context, He, this is Jesus' church. He builds the church. I can't build it. I can be a wise master builder like Paul or anyone else apostolic, but I don't create the power source. And words is one of the major things that stops it because people get critical, bitter, slander, gossip, division. And that little rudder starts to steer the ship. And what we need to know is that it says, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. And so there are protocols around words because words are powerful. You can shape your world through your words or you can destroy it. You can destroy it. Now, as an Aussie speaking to Aussies, I've had to train myself to be proactive in my words. Americans tend to talk a lot. There are exceptions. Now, I remember there used to be the first big talk show and his name was Phil Donahue. Who remembers Phil Donahue? Okay. 
And so you'd have this studio audience, like this is way before Oprah or anyone like that. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we have someone in the audience. All right, who would like to? And they put the microphone out like this. And there's someone, you know, not a public speaker, just start into the microphone. Man, these Yanks can talk. You know, wow, like this. And, and then if you were to do the same sort of like back in the day, the, the mid, you know, the, uh, uh, Mike Willis or something like that, give it to an Aussie out in the audience and be like, oh, what's this microphone? Get it away from me, you know? And it's like, it's just a different culture. But I'll tell you what, if we're going to let that rudder steer the whole ship, our destiny, we actually have to on purpose speak positively, speak where we want to go and what we believe of God. We have to make ourselves, even if it's mechanical like that day, I think today's gonna be awesome. I think we're gonna get a great outcome. And it started to change things. And that's not very Australian. Because Australians are good at sitting back and watching someone else fail and then criticise them. As opposed to, I will make a pathway through my words and overcome. Can someone say Amen? Now, I wanna tie it in with, with the, 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 the realm of the supernatural of how to employ our tongue. Your tongue think of your imagination for a moment. People go, oh, we, I was raised that, that, that uh, when I was first saved that imagination is not good. No, that's not true. Imagination is a gift from God. The ability to visualise, to go back into memory, to lay a hold of things in the seer realm, to dream, to vision. So, so you go, if you don't employ your imagination, your imagination will become derelict. Go into fantasy, you know? And that's an interesting conversation. What's the difference between fantasy and, and vision? Well, at the end of it, Vision happens, doesn't it? <laughs> Fantasy probably won't. And so, so we, if you don't employ your imagination, it'll just somehow happen anyway. Same with words. You actually have to be deliberate with your words. You can't just go, yeah, I feel like this, and I feel like that, and like this. We actually have to realise it is a rudder that steers the whole ship and our whole destiny. So, Let's put up Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 to 20. It says here, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why we are cultivating praise, being perfected in praise. As we start now, there are some songs that are better than others. It's very, very interesting because we, we play, I was here on uh, Monday night and there was a song list we'd, we'd probably, we've probably overplayed, right? And then like, I, I know that, 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 that we've probably in, in the future, what we tend to do, by the way, is with, with songs, we tend to, if there are words of unbelief, we tend to change them. If you start confessing the wrong thing because you, you, Christians don't tell lies, but they sing thousands of them, you know? And so, so we, 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 you, you know, I was like, there were these songs that sort of like, I wasn't connecting with per se, the beginning, and I was singing in the Spirit, and then I was just singing my own song to the Lord. It's, it's, we actually have to cultivate that. We actually have to cultivate that. And, and because then what happens is you start to connect to the power source, start to connect to glory. I, I might... I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, uh, 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 I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. And I'm, I'm only speaking to the people watching on the podcast. But I'm just saying this. Is that I was a weird place. I've been, you know, hanging out with the Lord. And the Lord gave me this, this, this recipe for singles. And so all of a sudden, there's a lot more alertness came into the room. <coughs> One of the things is this. And I don't know if I'll talk about it you know, at, at length publicly. This is, this is not that. But when we really want something, we really, when we really want something, we can want something so bad, we pull it out of God and we hold it over here. And that could be being married. Okay, so this just, like I said, I'm just like, this came to me and I'm actually in the movies with my wife. I'm like, I'm just on my phone like this. Year. What are you doing? I'm, going, I'm just getting a word, it's crazy. Now, one of the things is this, is that when there's a desire in your heart of the Lord, 
you have to keep it in the Lord. Because when you want it more than the Lord, you pull it out of the Lord, you isolate it and your desire has no power source. And then you're just tormented by unfulfilled desire. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So he started talking to me about what it is to stay in the Lord. So eventually you connect with Jesus' actual faith, His faith. Because if you want it too bad, you actually, you've pulled it out of Christ, you've abstracted it and now you've got a desire with no power source. And that's the same with praise. No matter what you're believing for, if you're not in a lifestyle of praise, you are shutting off the power source. Because, because praise is so central to all sorts of forms of manifestation and breakthrough. What I wanna do, we'll probably get an early minute tonight, um, but I wanna, I wanna tie it in with how powerful praise is. And I'll give you a background and a context. I wanna go into the law principle of first mention, if we can. So let's, uh, that's why we've been doing the Tabernacle of David. You know, I found a residual benefit. I, I, I come here sometimes, I feel like it, sometimes I don't, and I still come when I'm available. And I'm praising the Lord and I just like, and then I'm finding naturally my day-to-day more naturally framed up in faith. So there's a residual benefit. I'm, I'm, there's a power source. You, you got, you, it, it's not like you're doing God a favour. You're actually tuning in to the dimension of the glory and the miraculous. When you praise the Lord, if you don't know how to praise the Lord, it's gonna be, it's gonna be rough, friends. It's gonna be bumpy. But if you don't wanna be as bumpy, then you learn to praise the Lord, be perfected in praise. Out of the mouth of infants and babes, you've ordained strength. So that's why the Tabernacle of David that we've been doing and we will continue to do. And that's why we, there's so much glory on uh, uh, Lawrence's Zumbering at the moment. All right, so. <laughs> he had another encounter. He did, he told me. He said, oh, we had an impromptu it was, it was epic. It's, it's, the words here are getting so supernatural. Anyway, all right. So I want to I want to give you a, 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 um, tie it in to the realm of the supernatural. This is really important. So if if we can inform your faith, your faith can be empowered, in, especially in your praise and the power of the, of the little rudder that steers the whole ship. Judges chapter one, verses uh, verses one and two it says, now after the death of Joshua. It came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord saying, who shall be the first to go up for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into his hand. When you start to read, you go, Judah just took so much land. And the Lord, like, 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 so you've got Moses amazing, Joshua amazing, and now they had to inquire the Lord maybe for the human and Thuman and the and, and the high priest and and, and you know um, remember we're at the book of, beginning of the book of Judges and after that was was Samuel and and and, and what have you. But but Judah was very very powerful. But we need to know what you go you go. Why did God choose Judah out of all the tribes? And they just defeated. Tens of thousands of Canaanites. And when you start to read, uh, Judah actually took the mountainous areas. It's quite profound. So God said, Judah will go first and I have indeed delivered the land into Judah's hand. So let's go back to Genesis 29.35 about when Judah was born and named. And Leah conceived again and she bore a son, and said, now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Judah means praise. Judah means praise. So isn't it interesting? God said, I have given you the land and this land I am giving you. And prophetically, the first tribe to go in to take what God had promised was praise. So whatever God has shown you, you have to send your praise out before you. You don't wait for it to happen. You have to lay a hold of it through this little rudder. I've seen this again and again and again. I've learned to speak in spite of myself. When my heart and my mouth are connected, power happens. 
But when my mouth, when my heart is in a bad place, I will still allow Jesus to be the, 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 the not just the author and the perfecter of my faith, but the captain of, or the, the apostle of my confession. So, so what you have is it not just that, it's not just your confession, it's praise. When you learn to praise the Lord, you actually thank Him like it's happened. You actually bless Him because He's faithful. Oh, but your heart and your emotions say the opposite and the circumstances hasn't changed. You lay a hold of God and you praise Him. If you want to take significant territory in your life, what does that look like? Fulfilment of promise. Aussies aren't great at this. How do I know? I'm an Aussie and I've been a believer for decades. I've been in leadership for decades. And, and, and in this era now, we cannot afford to be lax. If you're like, oh, I'll, I'll praise the Lord once there's a rocket up my freckle. It might be too late. Because what you have <laughs> is that we actually have to send our praise out in front of us. We have to, we have to be so proactive to praise the Lord. We do it so easy to go, well, you know. <laughs> Even if you don't have heaps of faith, at least speak the Word of God and allow the Word of God to shape your inner world. So, so, so if you wanna take territory, territory could look like fulfilment of the prophetic mandate on your life. It could look like a healthy body. It could look like financial provision. It could look like wisdom. It could look like victory over your enemies, manifest experiential victory. So, so to take that territory, we have to send our praise out in front of us. And this is how, this is how the, the little rudder steers the whole ship. And I know this has been like, I'm very good with confidences. I, very, I really, really am. But in regards to exciting things and good news, I'm not great. You know, I'm the, I'm the guy that gives the, my wife her birthday present two days before her birthday. I'm that guy. I'm so excited about it. If I was a dog, all you do is see my tail wagging. Todd, how you going? Yeah, I'm all right. So excited. You're gonna love what I bought you. And <laughs> dogs are funny, aren't they? Who's a good boy then? So when God shows me something, I get excited. So I start speaking it organically because I, 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 I celebrate, you know. I, I, I'm just saying, I usually, uh, on a vision level, I usually think, see things before other people. And then what happens, I, I get excited, I celebrate it, and then it comes to pass. And then the team starts celebrating, getting excited. And they how come you're not excited? I said, well, I knew it was gonna happen. I've already done my celebrating. And... Some bit of a party pooper. But anyway, in that respect. Uh, uh, but what would happen is that God will show me something and I'll start to speak it and I'll start to praise God and get excited like it is. This is why we're so big on celebrating the Lord, thanking Him, praising Him opens up the next part of your life. You don't just, just sit there like a lump and just all the angels are tiptoe around you, you know, just sort of like fanning you, feeding you grapes, hoping that one day you get off your backside. <laughs> it's not real. That's called a spiritual entitlement. <laughs> draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. You're not lying on a couch like your King Farouk, you know? Seriously. <laughs> and so, so I, I start to, I'll get a vision about crusades. I start talking about it and thanking God and blessing the Lord. And He starts opening doors. It's, I've, I've had, uh, I remember talking to my wife, <laughs> yeah. I talked to my wife about something that, that involves real big change in our life. This is a couple of years ago. Real big change. And she starts getting upset with me. Like, what are you doing? What are you getting upset with me? She gets you know, upset with me. And I'm going, I'm just, I'm just processing. She goes, you don't process. When you talk, things happen. <laughs> I can't win. <laughs> no, but... but, but I've learned to, what happens when I start loading up statements, I've learned to, 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 to put my praise out in front 
of my destiny, of, of where I am. I, I send it out in front of me. If you, if you want to take a lot of territory in your life, doesn't, you don't have to be a church plant or anything like that, but we all have to take territory. If you don't take territory, territory will take you. Okay? You have to be proactive. It's like praise. Praise is sort of like, oh, I'm gonna praise when I feel like it. You actually have to, you, 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 if you, it's, it starts off as a discipline. Don't, don't think that I'm waiting for the joy. 18 years later, if you're waiting for joy in this season, you'll be waiting for a while. And so you start celebrating Calvary, celebrating Pentecost, celebrating your names in the Lamb's Book of Life, celebrating all these different things, celebrating that God is faithful, what He's promised you, those, is if you delight yourself in the Lord also and He'll give you the desires of your heart. You start connecting to Him, praising Him, then all of a sudden, your life starts getting steered in that direction of manifestation of glory and promises and fulfilment. This is how it works. This is how it works and it's here. It's here. This is how God's designed it. I'm waiting for doors to open up. Start to speak. Start to get excited. Start to praise the Lord. Because this, this, this it's not enough just to just say, oh, I'm gonna be less negative now. No, we actually, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So, so then to, to live in that place, we're gonna go even deeper on the foundation, the connection to this in regards to living like a royal priesthood. Can we put a... a, a Genesis 49. Now, I, I actually take it down. Take it down. Hang on, sorry. Yes, no, yes, no. Okay. You know, I, I never understood this when I was a new believer. <laughs> and you got that, you got Hebrews 11. And you got the hall of faith. You know, now faith is a substance of the hope, things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The elders obtained a good testimony. You know, women received their dead back. Uh, uh, um, um, you know, the, the Red Sea parted and Abraham received the promise and Noah built a, you know, an uh, ark, and, uh, you know, saving of his family and while the whole earth flooded. And, oh, they love this. And then you got this one, by faith, Jacob blessed his sons. I'm like, yawn. And then you start to, firstly, Jacob was very old. But he didn't just, back, back then, blessing, your children was like a William Branham, accurate level, prophetic, immutable promise. And he prophesied over all of his offspring. And then he goes, Leah's fourth, he goes, Judah, come in here, I'm gonna bless you. Let's put that up. Because it comes to pass, Judah, you are he, whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down, he lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who shall rouse him? The scepter, i.e. rulership, shall not depart from Judah. Now, I want you to just substitute it with praise, okay? Let's go back, let's go back to the top. Let's go back to the top, uh, beginning of this year. So we're gonna substitute Judah for praise. Praise, you are he who will have, uh, whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Praise is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, or praise, you have gone up. He bows down, he lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who shall rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from praise. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. So you start to, when you use this little rudder to not speak criticism, division, talking about your past pain all the time, and there's a time to, there is a time to process. But when you start to look at your most dominant uh, 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 um, conversational patterns, those patterns will show you where you are. Doesn't take much. This is why you need good, you need good people around you. 
not just encourage you, but also hold you to account. Iron sharpens iron, like a, a faithful friend with his friend's countenance. And so there's a place where, 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 where we actually, if we want to connect to the royal priesthood that we already are, you can not do it without praise. And that praise actually becomes the rudder that steers the whole ship. And you go, oh, I'm not sort of naturally like that. Doesn't say that in the Bible, that those who are naturally extroverted will be blessed. Those who love sound coming out of their mouth all the time will be blessed. It doesn't say that. So you go, oh, that's not my personality type. Well, you just disqualified yourself. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of personality types on the throne, on the sea glass before the throne. We actually all have our own individual pathway to carve out that we naturally praise the Lord consistently. And I'm telling you what, you're looking at someone where I just started off mechanically. I don't wanna... I, I look, he, he. Christianity, if you don't do it right, it's awful. You'll go to heaven, but you'll be the most boring person. And a bit of, a bit of you know, you're not, you're not exactly a shining light. You know, especially you've got a religious spirit. So then let's just say you get your believing properly aligned. And you're sort of like, you know, got doctrine and, and yet the, uh, miracles are for today and let it be according to your faith. But you want it to work, don't you? Don't you want it to work? Don't you want pe people to go, okay, there's something about you. You know, you might not be my cup of tea, but I can't doubt the hand of the Lord on you. See, I, that's how I wanna live. I, wa I want results. That the whole point of the prophetic is its fulfilment. Oh, I've got these promises over my life. No one cares. Let me repeat that. No one cares. They don't, they don't. They care about themselves. Even if someone is highly empathic, they go, mm hmm, mm hmm. And thinking, I think I left the oven on. Mm. Did I lock that cat door? Uh, <laughs> and so I want to get results. I want my life to change. I care about words. People don't care about words out there, they want to see manifestation. And so I go, well, I'm gonna praise the Lord. And I would put on music and I would pace and I'd speak and I'd speak and I'd read the Bible and then I'd praise the Lord. I'd even, I'd, you know, I'd, I'll tell you what, if there was copyright with the Bible, quoting the Bible, I'd be in jail by now. I'd take David's words, Moses' words, Solomon's words and, and sort of add my little melody to the Lord. Then my own words are jumping, not mechanical until it starts to get carved out. And, 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 and the church isn't built by the services, it's what we do behind the scenes. That's what builds her. Huh. So, so the, you have, the, the, you start to realise this thing changes everything. If you don't employ it as an Australian, you'll stay in a coma. Because if you really saw what hell was like, you'd be witnessing to everyone everywhere. If you really knew what heaven was like, you wouldn't stop praising the Lord. So you go, I'm not in a coma, I feel the anointing. Really? <laughs> An anointed coma. Because you start to see, I know people, I know people, it's one guy. And then this is a, an individual calling thing. Granted, this guy in America, and he was in the Navy or something, and there all these coffins. And these are people that had died in some sort of accident in the Navy, I think, I'm pre pretty sure it was along those lines. And then those people, he could hear the people who died in, from the coffins in hell, accusing him from hell, crying out, saying, you were with us for, for months and months and you never told us once about Christ and now we're here. It's real friends, it's real. So even if you start off mechanically, make sure you train your mouth, your tongue, changes everything. And so this is, this is why praise aligns you with Judah and why Judah is the big deal. Because not only is it the lawgiver, but the scepter will never depart. And when you praise the Lord, you find yourself in the place of, of Zion and everything happens out of Zion. All the mountains must bow to the mountain. I have set my King on my holy hill 
And so when you praise the Lord, you align yourself with Zion. And not just that, you might go, oh, there's a scepter. Oh, I might be ruling too. So from God's mountain, you start speaking to mountains because you've learned to praise. Jesus says, even if you don't praise me, the rocks will. So we'll finish with this. Why Judah is such a big deal? Because it's the tribe that David came out of and it's the tribe that Jesus will always be part of. Remember the 12 foundation stones uh, of the New Jerusalem or the, the names of the, the, the different tribes. Let's go Revelation 5. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lion of the tribe of praise, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. So when you start to realise this little tongue shapes your whole destiny and allows, can we put the pads on please? And it allows us to come into our promises. You start to get excited about the power of your words. Do you know what happens? When you start to praise the Lord a lot, after a while, your heart will believe you. I know people, I, I, get, I, get, I understand the human condition. I understand, I understand carnality. I've started that movie many times. We're in a place in church where it is very anointed. And so that anointing, I mean, I remember I just came out the back there just to speak to, just say something about the camera. And I'm just like, whoa, God's in this room. I just went back around, came back out here. But you start to realise all of heaven is praising God continually. Not because it's a slavish commitment, it's because they see Him who, for, for who He really is. And they're overwhelmed. And if we want to come into that, 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 that place of our destiny, we need to understand the power of our words. The power of our words. Holy. Holy. I'm gonna lead you guys in a prayer in a sec, but not all of you. And this is not like a hectic, shamey type of a thing. But if you know that your words have been doing you no favours and you know that the Lord's spoken to you tonight, that you gotta change how you speak, wave to me. Just wave to me, just wave to me. Okay. All right. Let's close our eyes just because we're looking to the Lord. And I'm just gonna lead you in a prayer, just repentance. But you're saying this to Him, it's not for me or to me, because we want you to be completely catapulted into the glory. Catapulted into the glory. <laughs> Holy Ghost. While you, if, you, if you put your hand up before, just while you're sitting down, can you just lift your hands to heaven? I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. You don't all have to pray, just the people will raise their hands. You're praying, just say this after me. Dear Father, in the Name of Jesus, I repent and I ask You to forgive me of not using my words for Your glory. I repent of cursing myself and others. I will choose to bless You and bless others and speak words of life, words of faith, words of power. Thank You for forgiving me and the cleansing power of Your blood. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Praise the Lord. Seriously, get in the habit, even if you need say, Holy Spirit, I need a personality transplant. So I am gonna speak positively and I'm gonna speak the answer and I'm gonna almost prophesy my destiny 
and bless others as well in Jesus' Name. Praise the Lord. It's profound, isn't it? Just your tongue, a small member, steers the whole vessel. The whole vessel, especially praise, especially praise, especially praise. We are going to, Field of Dreams is going to get perfected in praise, even if it kills you. That's how, that's how my life changed. I learned to praise the Lord. Nothing, nothing's changing. Everything's like this. Feels like I'm in a pit, fortified wall. Heaven's a brass. Praise God. I praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then I just meditate on what I'm saying, and then I praise the Lord. And then He fulfills His word. It doesn't return to Him void. He's faithful. Praise God.